Welcome to another edition of the Dementia Care Partner Talk Show. Now, here's dementia care expert Tifa Snow and your host, Greg Phelps. Hello and welcome to the Dementia Care Partners Podcast brought to you by Positive Approach to Care. I'm your host, Greg Phelps, along with dementia care expert Tifa Snow. And our topic today is normal versus not normal, but it's sort of going to wander all over the place because according to the Alzheimer's Society, Normal aging leads to most of the following, which people start to notice in their 40s and 50s, which are now in the rearview mirror, uh, becoming a little more forgetful, taking longer to remember things, getting distracted more easily, finding it harder to do several things at once. But apparently this is sort of normal, or is it not normal? But how do we know? Yeah. So, you know, this idea of what's normal or what's not normal, uh, uh, the word we're switching over to is typical. What's typical for you and what's atypical for you? Not typical for you. This isn't your usual. Because it turns out with human beings, um, we're a varied lot to start with. I mean, we're pretty neurodiverse. Like, you know, what I'm good at, Greg, and what you're good at, I mean, maybe different for years and years and years. So, if you're measuring me, you might find me abnormal, like just with how I am, I like my left, right abilities. I mean, that's abnormal, I guess. You know, I just, I can't do it. I, I No matter what I do, I can't do it. So does that mean I'm disabled or I have a different ability? Or what would you say about that? Do you say I'm not normal or what are you going to say? Be careful. I'm listening. I, I would have to sort of go out on a limb and say that's not really normal. Have you thought of a tattoo on your hand so you can just look at them? <laughs> I've tried all kinds of things. You got two L's, you've got a wristband on this one, you got a ring on that one. And it's like you got a ring on one, you got a wristband on one, which is which. Because I it doesn't matter to me. So if that's I've never been quote unquote typical or normal. And the question becomes how will you know if I'm not normal? You know, or if it's just my usual me, but I'm a little slower, I'm I'm having a little more trouble with when I'm trying to do several things at the same time with a with a direction finder, or is that just that's not even that's me. That's just the basic me. And so that's why we've started talking about, you know, people are diverse. So if we're going to be helpful to folks, it, maybe we should know who they are and then let's start noticing if things are getting off and is it gradual and a little bit and what are they doing about it if anything um and what is happening for them and is there something we could do that could minimize or reduce risk or that kind of thing or is it just sort of what it is and we need to go hmm, all right well those changes are hmm, not typical for you i mean this is not a typical pattern um and it's not just, you know, like a quick one and done. So what do you I mean? So this whole thing of normal, not normal. I mean, I think we've accepted the bell curve doesn't actually exist in a human being. You know, for me, anyway, I, I've accepted that. Well, so when, when we get further down the line, this mm -hmm. sort of calls on the family to make some observations known. Um, because as you say, Somebody's going to someday say, well, she can't even tell her left hand from her right hand. And then somebody in your family is going to have to go, well, she never could. 
you know, these are things that it's we should different. <laughs> Be careful because this, this is just sort of who she is. I mean, that's part of always been an issue. So when she says I'm going left and she turns right, don't think there's something new wrong. I mean, that's always been quote unquote wrong with her. So, you know, that idea of could we both be more interested in people's differences as well as their similarities? And could we be more curious about the shifts that they're having? And is it internal or is it external? I mean, is something going on around them that's causing that shifting or is there something else? And I, you know, it turns out it's more complicated than you might think, but it's also simpler than you might think. Um, because more and more evidence is that actually a majority of people, interestingly enough, who are starting to have some changes are noticing things are changing. The problem is what's causing that? Is it you causing me problems or is it my brain causing me problems? And when I have that feeling, does it then shut me down and, and make it harder for me to do anything? Or does it make me curious? And then I go trying to explore what's going on here and even try to build back what I might have not been using very much. An interesting stat that just sort of floated across the interweb, you know, these wonderful little things that come up once in a while. Uh, this was um, specific to uh, hearing loss, which... I hadn't really thought of too much. And apparently uh, this might, re if you get on top of your hearing issues, which, you know, a lot of us seniors have, it may help, according to this study, reduce the incidence right. of dementia by up to 19%. Where do they come up with these statistics? I have no idea because it's interesting. I mean, it's like, I mean, are we trying to, if we carefully sort out the difference between a hearing issue and then a true comprehension issue. But part of the problem with hearing is comprehension. So what I guess people are thinking, if we deal with the hearing clarity, is that getting rid of the people who would otherwise lose out because they start missing more and more and more opportunities and and I and synaptic connections, and that pre-sets them to move into a direction of cognitive decline. But you know, I think that's that's a slippery slope there to sort of think, oh yeah, yeah, it's just hearing. So, but is it, you know, or is it more than that? So I want to share with you my personal experience. This was interesting. I went in for an exam my yearly, not too long ago. And, you know, as part of it, I said, you know, are you going to be doing a cognitive screen on me? And of course, what do you think they said at that moment, Greg? Oh, no, we're not doing that. Oh, no, no, no. What they what they said was, um, do you think do you, you need one? Concern? Do you have concerns or has somebody said I should that they have concerns? And I said, no, I'm just, you know, I'm. I'm 60, I'm 68, I guess at the time I said, I'm 68, soon to be 69. I mean, it just seems like something you might want to start looking at. And they go, well, what, what would I do if I did it? <laughs> well, so happens, I could probably give you some hints. But then I said, are you going to be checking my hearing? What was that? What was the thing that happened then, do you think? Probably a bit of a stunned silence. Why would I check your hearing if it's got anything to do with memory loss? Well, no, they said, has somebody suggested that you have problems with your hearing or are you having problems with your hearing? Do you feel like you're having problems? It's like, how would I know if I was having problems? <laughs> Just really 
<laughs> you know, I was like, yeah, somebody told you that? It was really an interesting, like back and forth, which just speaks to me like how much an advocate for yourself to get sort of baseline measures on yourself you have to be. Because <laughs> I know I don't have concerns, but would I know if I, if I should? <laughs> At least with driving, you can go around your car and count the dents. You know, there, there might be a problem here. Well, yeah, but then you can blame it on a blind spot. Yeah. <laughs> People keep running into me. I don't know what's up with that. And she just wasn't there. Yeah, well, we've all so, had that moment. <laughs> and our last little tidbit for today's podcast is that um, uh, there's a new term floating around. Well, you've probably heard it several times before, brain fog. That was uh, COVID-19 caused that. How would I know that I'm having brain fog or whether I'm actually on that slippery slope? How do I know yeah. that? How would you know? Because guess what didn't happen during the COVID epidemic? People did not do baselines. And if you don't have a baseline, and we didn't have pre-baselines before COVID baselines, how do we know what's what? I mean, it's just such a frustrating situation where if we had established a baseline, even if it's just animal fluency, even if it's you know real simple things that we could have done, at least we'd have something to look back on and say, oh, yeah, this looks real different. This is really atypical for how you know Greg was two years ago. I mean, we should not be seeing this kind of change. Um, or my old favorite from long, long, long ago, back when I was first starting off, was called the fromage, which is function and reason and orientation and memory and arithmetic and judgment and emotional state. Fromage, which is that French. You were just in French. So, you know. Oh, by the way, you passed, Eva. You remembered that. So you passed. You're good for another one. I can't even remember the scoring, Greg. I can even remember some of the questions. Does that mean I'm all good? Or is that long-term memory and I'm pretty good at? <laughs> so, Tipa, where all of this leads to is families are experiencing change. They're noticing that something's not yeah. quite right with mom, dad, brother, sister, whatever. Mm -hmm. So, And we've talked briefly in the program <laughs> about the frustration in dealing sometimes with the medical system. So what do we do? Who do we talk to if we want to sort of get a little bit of a handle on on this and, and what we should possibly be considering? Where do we go? Well, my suggestion is maybe get a consult. And if not with us, with somebody who's skillful and knowledgeable about what's typical for aging and what's not typical for aging. Because we want to be real careful uh, in these situations that we don't start yelling woof, 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 um, when it is not actually a cognitive impairment of that nature, but it might be anxiety or sadness or anger and frustration about life changes. And, and helping somebody process that and figure that out is really vital to well-being, but it may not be something that requires medication. And heaven knows we don't need to be throwing that at people. So, you know, it's the kind of thing I think finding somebody who's knowledgeable about dementia, but also about neurodiversity and is real curious about people and want to support them where they are, that's where I'd start rather than medicalizing it. But also being aware that we want somebody who's smart enough to go, hmm, this sounds like this sounds like a new medical issue. Maybe getting that looked at might be a good idea. Deepa, if people want more information, they can uh, they can email you. How how do we get in touch? 
They can. They can even start with info at tipasnow.com. They can do our 800 number. They can chat us online. There are many ways to start the ball rolling. The main question is be curious and ask questions. Don't make assumptions and jump to conclusions. Deepa, thank you very much. Thank you, Greg. You've been listening to the Dementia Care Partners podcast brought to you by Positive Approach to Care. For more information, go to tipasnow.com. If you're signed into your Spotify account, we'd love to get your feedback. How? Click into the episode details and look over the episode question and poll. Send us your comments and vote so we can answer your questions and better tailor this content to your needs. We look forward to hearing from you.